G'day trail runners. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with Ashley Drew and Daniel Ferugia. Put your headphones on, put your shoes on, and let's go running. But um, yeah, I got back from my run this morning and my wife goes, oh, man, your legs, they're so bad. You've got oh, to do no. something about that. Is it the um the um what's it called the from the, the Aragard? Yeah, burn, yeah, and they are yeah. they're really they're really bad. So, might have you, might need to go to see the doctor, get or go to well, the dermatologist. The fact is, I'll be in hospital on Monday anyway, so yeah, you know, yeah. Um, if it's not cleared, the fact if it, if it's not cleared by then, well, yeah. Well, you just don't want to let it, yeah, let it get infected. That's probably the biggest thing. No, it's not. Uh, it's um, it's just trying to avoid scratching it. Um, yeah. So it's very itchy while running. But um, yeah, I had an Epsom salts bath today, um, which is probably the first time I've had a bath in a few years. Um, oh really? That, yeah, like a bath. Filthy bath, animal. Not as yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I was about to say I shower. <laughs> bath. Um, but I don't hate to think of running that much and not showering. Um, anyway, uh, it did. And help. did it help? Yeah. yeah, it did. It helps. I tell you, um, I, um, it would have stung a bit with the salt in there, but I suppose it was not a comfortable yeah. thing. That's for sure. I'm a big advocate of baths. Um, I know people talk a lot about ice baths and for recovery. Oh, yeah. And, but I actually, I, after a big long run, I'll go and soak in a nice warm bath for half an hour. Um, and I, it's, so good. I mean, while I sit in the bath, I have a, I have a big, I drink like a, a liter of water, and uh, out of my water bottle while I'm sitting in there, and just it feels great on the feet and my muscles. And then afterwards, I have a little bit of a stretch, and I'm um, I, the, the power of recovery is incredible. I don't know, like I'm a, my legs feel more supple because I, so I can actually do a bit of stretching, and so um, ice baths. I find it too traumatic, and some of the research I've read says it's not conclusive that they're going to make your recovery better. Um, so I'm I'm happy this works for me, and it's sort of one of those things where I've tried the ice baths, and I find it more of a trauma than a than a pleasure. Like I feel relaxed after I've had a nice hot bath, you know. It's um, but yeah, so that's part of my recovery strategy. It's a, but yeah. <laughs> um, totally. Look, I I'm not. About to dis. I don't know where I sit with the ice bath thing. It was easy when I was down the AIS. It was always easy to have an ice bath, of course, because you just went over to the ice baths and had an ice bath. It was you know to and from the gym. You had to go past the room. Um, yeah. I mean, they've, they've built a massive new recovery center there now. But we used to jump in there and um, yeah, it was always a competition to see who could last the longest in the ice bath. So rather than using it correctly. Um, but yes, it. Uh, I'm just not sure whether it's it does work yeah. or not. I, 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 that whole relaxing thing in a bath thing, yeah. Not your bag. Today's definitely worked. Um, yeah. But it's just such a pain running a bath. Oh mate, we're we're a, we're a high bath household with uh right, okay. with our with our small children. They they um they we have a lot of our bath gets a lot of um a bit of a workout. And so I, I never used to be a bath person, but now I am. I used to just be the shower man, but it's good. Um, we used yeah. to be that way in the old house where we had hot, hot water. 
But the hot yeah. water here is it's good for a shower, but for a bath, it just it's not hot enough. That's oh, all. Wow. You know, all That's a bit temperature regulated gas, and it's just yeah, garbage. You can't get hot. Yeah. So um, we'll jump through into this pretty quick, and because we've got an ex- uh, exciting guest to talk to today, and I've got to get a hold of her, um, and that is Simone Brick, and we'll talk about that. But so very quickly. So, yeah, it'd be good to interview Simone and have a chat with her. We haven't done it yet. Um, no, just, she, um, she's pretty full on. I want to ask her some political questions. Political questions? Yeah. You don't get too political? Read, so, no, no, I've, I've just read her. No, not political, political. I've just read her uh, blog piece. I'm assuming it's her blog, um, which says about Simone Brick. And um, so there's a couple of questions that I have from that. So, okay. Yeah. Is it? She's she posts. She's quite active on social media with her. Um, she's had a very. We interview. I interviewed her on the podcast way back in the early days, and it was a really great discussion with her. And she's had a lot of trouble, um, struggles with um, mental health and with eating disorders. And um, but and she's just come out the other side, like a phenomenal athlete. Like she's such a. And oh I yeah, you read through her yeah. running achievements here. That's pretty full on. Yeah, she's great, and she's um and she's also very smart. She's studying, I think she's studying psychology, but um we can talk more about oh, that. So that might have changed because uh, here she's got she's studying biomed. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, well, I I can't remember. Uh, I suppose I've interviewed a few people in the last year and a half or so, but um so I get confused. But biomed quick- might transfer though through to the other. Now, what were you going to yeah. want to ask very quickly? Your training week. My Fire training away. week. Running week. Uh, I know you've, you've been, you're a surprise packet these last few weeks. Uh, so training week is good. Um, this morning was definitely an entertaining session. So um, I did uh, hills this morning at, at sprint speed, um, which fun. that, yep. yeah, the fun bit was then doing the 15Ks afterwards. So, um, which was relatively flat by comparison. But uh, yeah, it was just nice to, to break it up. Wednesdays, um, I catch up with Dave, I think it's Lambert. Um, he coaches a group, and I just tag along to that group partway through my run. And uh, it always just provides that extra bit of stimulus that I wouldn't necessarily provide by myself. So yeah, it pushes find, just a bit harder. Yeah. yeah, it pushes me just a little bit harder, but I need to really then think about what I do tomorrow. Um Normally on a Thursday would be the day that I push a bit harder because I train with another couple of guys, but they're both injured at the moment. So yeah, uh, I've just changed a little bit to Wednesday while they're recovering. So uh, yeah. So uh, but overall, you... I think it's good. I, I like I got I got in a marathon on Saturday. I think I've done halves. Well, I might have had a shorter run, but I've pretty much done halves since. Um, and then I've just varied the heart rate and power output. So depending on what you're using, I know I'd, I like to reflect on power more than heart rate because of my issues, but um, I've just been very conscious of watching those and using those to actually change my training load or stress yep. load. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, interesting. And so tomorrow, so just thinking about the rest of your week, are you yeah. training – so would you think, because um, I generally, if I've had a hard s- session, I will follow it up with a pretty easy 
day the following day, like um, intensity yeah, wise. Be, I'll yeah. be running flat tomorrow. Flat like and easy. Flat, like flat. Yeah. Flat. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's good. Yeah, it's smart. I mean, you've got to, and sometimes your body will dictate. I find my body dictates how fast I'm going to go, even if I have another plan. So, no, nah, you're going slow today because you're tired, <laughs> and um, and that's a you've got to tune into that. Yeah, the, 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 I totally agree with you, and I do do what you've just said there. The one that I always get, which is where, you know, when you're feeling good, and you go, oh, I could go a bit harder. And yeah. that's when you go, snap. You know? Yes. And you go, yeah. oh, I should have just... I'm always wary of that these days, is just making sure that my um, you don't get too periodization crazy. as such um, yes. is very... I, I stick to it. I don't try and just keep up, up, upping it. My mileage is high, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I really do consciously um, look at the stress load that I'm doing. Yeah, good. And you've got to really think about the number of minutes you're spending in those higher um, intensity zones in a week, you know, like, yeah. and I, I say minutes on purpose because if you're, even if you're training, if someone's training for, 10 hours a week let's say which is a fair bit which is yep it's it's not you know like you're doing 10 hours of running a week i would say almost nine of that would be really easy and um and that's regardless of how you break that up you know so nine of those hours are going to be so easy and so um and then maybe depending on which period and look if anyone listens has listened to or is going to listen to our coaching roundtable discussion we go into a lot more detail about this which um, is up, we uh, we did that, we recorded that um, yesterday and it's gone up online and it'll be up on on all our um, various uh, podcasts. But um, yeah, it's that just really go, you know what, I've been pushing hard every day this week. Maybe I'm going too hard, you know, like, and it's that whole idea of going too hard too often or just being out, just dialing it back a little bit, even in the hardest sessions, going, I don't need to go 100%. I maybe just go, you know, I, I don't, some people think you've got to go all the way, you've got to go to the well on every single hard workout. And um, it's not the case. I, I, there's a time and a place. To, and as you get closer to a, a race, and particularly for marathon running, I find you've got to, when you're getting closer to your target event, it's okay to really throw down a bit more on those speed, but you've got to be ready for it. And that's where, yeah. So, and it's, it's being smart, isn't it, Ashley? So like, you know. Yeah. Mm. I think, yeah. To stay uninjured is a challenge. Oh, it's the key though. And that, and that is the key because if you stay on, if you're uninjured, you can race. If you're, injured then trying to build back and then injured and then trying to build back because you've just done something silly that's not the that doesn't mean you can't go out and have some fun sessions but you've you've got to consistency over everything it really yes. is low mileage consistency beats everything else hands down um Absolutely. you know if you yeah. can get consistently high miles great but uh yeah consistency of low miles any day over high miles zero miles Mm-hmm. I agree, one hundred percent. So yeah, how's your training been? Uh, so I had a pretty good week last week. I was happy, more or less. Um, 
kept, as you say, keeping things consistent. I'm on a a gradual r- climb in mileage week by week, and so this week I I, I think I did 96 kilometres and um, had a really good quality speed session early in the week and uh, a few easy runs and then on Sunday went out for a 30k which I, I mixed in a little bit of trail and a little bit of road because I am looking at the mileage that I or the elevation that I want to get I did a 30 kilometers with about a thousand meters of climbing which is not a lot when you look at the big picture of a long like I wasn't I wasn't trying to get loads and loads of vert like I could have easily got double that in my run but I wanted to get some road in and have some runnable kilometers because um looking the race I'm doing the 100 mile that I'm doing it's not a real hilly race I mean there's over the 100 miles there's like 2,100 meters of elevation which is not a a massive amount over 100 miles no there's it there are so there are lots of runnable sections as long as they haven't stuck it all in one hill well, they kind of have. There's a fair oh, bit. Right. You've got to, well, at the very, in the first 15 Ks, you've got to climb over, um, St. Mary's Peak at Wolpina Pound. Um, and then that's a pretty big, steep, rugged climb. And then, and then when you come back, you've got to go over that again. Um, oh, yeah. really? So you've got to go over that yeah. twice. So yeah, you've, you've, got you've really got to be conservative the first time and then run and then you can be, can you be less conservative the second time or do you have to put in some miles afterwards? When you get over the other side at the end, you've got, when you get to the bottom of the, of the hill, you've got about yeah. 10 kilometers to go of flat running. And so, um, by then, most people are pretty, pretty shattered. So, uh, um, oh, yeah. so, but it's, um, yeah, and look, it's got other challenges that race as well. Like there's, there's a lot, the biggest thing is, and this is where my weight training, I'm doing a a fair bit of stuff in the gym now and he's smashing my legs a little bit but this is where because there's a lot there's quite a bit of running in sand and running over really rocky terrain so for for many many kilometers and so that is more of a challenge from i think for this race than the actual elevation so um dealing with it's you know we're talking like sections of you know 30 kilometers of just really difficult terrain where you're not you know there's not a lot of elevation but you're constantly up, down, up, down. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and over rocky stuff where it's hard to even get above seven-minute Ks, you know. So, um, so yeah. So I'm doing a lot, the stuff I'm doing in the gym. I did a really hard session on um, at, with Cat Marks from base to summit on, on Monday, and she smashed my legs. And then I went out for a, an easy, a proper recovery run, and I think I was – I was literally like, I can't go any faster than uh, seven minute Ks, and so yeah, and that was fine. And that, I mean, it was. I'm glad because the next morning I woke up and I was nowhere near as sore. So just a, a just a really easy five K. So look, it was a real good run. I was like, oh, my legs, they're concrete and they're sore and everything. I felt like I'd done a massive hill session, you know, which is which makes me happy, you know. So my legs feel really strong, and um, so yeah, so I hope. So I'll be building up for another few weeks. I'll go up. So my goal is to get up to about 130 a week for about for about the next for about four weeks. So I'm not yep. quite there yet. I know some people do more, but just with my lifestyle and everything that I'm doing, 130 is what I think I can manage and still be in good shape. And so um so yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, so I'm really happy uh, with, with how my training's going. I feel super fit, to be quite honest with you. This is probably the fittest I've been in a long time. So I'm, I feel poised to really ramp it up over the next six weeks. Um, Excellent. So, uh, yeah, but just, again, being mindful of not over going crazy. So I'll be, I am yeah. planning on doing a, a few 50K training runs. And, um, uh, and, and this is one, if anyone's in Adelaide, I'm going to be running the Eurobilla Trail one of these days, um, but I'm running the entire thing, but I plan on doing it at night. Um, so starting at sunset and running into the night. It's a 56-kilometer trail, which is a, they have a rate. They have several races on there, um, and I and my house is right near the finish line, and so I'm. It's a point to point, so I'm planning on just doing the whole thing. It's about two and a half thousand meters over um, over that 56 k's. I've got a couple of guys who I coach and I'm going to come with me and just get used to running through the night when I'm tired. Yep. So, you know, so yeah, it'd be a good training run. So, yeah, yeah. so that'll be coming That's up in smart, the next. smart, smart training. Yes. Um, no, very good. Well, I think we should, um, we should probably wrap up here and jump into the chat with Simone because I know that she's, um, she is waiting for us. So we'll have to get onto it. What do you think? Sounds good. How is Simone going? Oh gosh, I'm like I'm back into the sort of daily hustle. So life is pretty pretty hectic at the moment, but I'm going going well, trending in a good direction. So. And what is explain the daily hustle? What what does your day look like? Uh, well, at the moment, it's this week. I'm just trying to get everything completely organised because next week I go back to uni and I start. One new job with the view of another new job, and like so I'll be working two jobs coming up soon. Um, so yeah, kind of that, including my thirty-something hours of training a week. Yeah, um, every day is kind of just trying to fit as much as possible in. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, are you studying biomed? Is that right? Yeah. Or... Yeah. So I'm studying biomedicine. Um, yeah. I'm only doing it. Oh, well, only. I'm. Um, last year I dropped down to part time because um, I was like three subject load, which is still technically full time. But um, as yeah. soon as I got, as soon as I got selected into world champs, I actually dropped two subjects worth last semester, and then kind of learning that lesson after census date and after the fees get taken off you, um, that, yeah, this semester I'm only going back to two subjects rather than trying to keep the full load going. Yeah, it's quite a yeah, balance. Yeah, it's fun when you start playing all the finances, isn't it? Uh, it? Yeah, it's a little hectic. So, yeah, just trying to navigate all that. And because I'm now um, starting a bit more work as well, that I, there's only so many hours in a day and my training always gets sort of first pick of the lot um, in my day. So, yeah, yeah, you can't have too much other stuff going on because, yeah, otherwise 13-hour days very quickly become 14 to 16-hour days. So Yeah, and you're not giving yeah. yourself adequate recovery time. If I mean, because I think when with the work stress, it really impacts on your training load, you know. So Yeah, you, yeah, definitely. You find that? Yeah. Um I was just going to say, so you had a, um, you've been running, you've come back really well, apparently, um, from what I can see on the, uh, on the internet, on the social media. You have 
Because I know you were in, quite badly injured recently, since the last time yeah. I spoke with you. So what yeah, happened there? <sighs> uh, what happened there is I ran down a mountain in New Zealand and broke my back. Um, sort of. Um, well, sacral stress fracture is what happened. Um, sacral which, stress fracture. Oh. Yeah, so your sacrum, your little tailbone yeah. at the bottom of your back. Um, yeah. So did you land yeah. on it or did you, is it a... Um, no, so I think... Well, no, essentially what happened is it was, so it was a New Zealand mountain running championships and the, it was, it had been raining for like three days in the lead up to this event and it was all on terrain I've honestly never run on before because it was like rock slab but super steep the whole way up, like almost mountain, like um roller coaster sort of trails all the way up to the top of this mountain and then there was only three k's to go and I was running back down and I was in like some of the times um, you really needed the grip on your shoes and there were short sections where you were literally on just a big rock slab and I don't know if you've ever run on trail shoes on like flat wet slippery rock it no, I have, it's not very fun it like doesn't go well and this was like I suppose about a 20 metre section of just a big like the whole trail was just rock um, and I didn't the weird thing is I didn't quite fall as much as I started, my legs started to slide out from underneath me. And if you imagine whiplash from your neck, essentially that happened from my hip because it was oh. near the near the bottom. So my legs went to flip out from underneath me. I remember looking up at the sky and my back being in all weird fucking ways. Well, weird <laughs> ways. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, in all weird ways. And then my feet hit flat ground again. And so I was launched forward. Um, oh. And yeah, so I kept my feet so because like of how steep the terrain was. Yeah, exactly. So I kept my feet because the terrain was so steep and it launched me back continuing down the mountain. But it was that really weird, like it was literally whiplash from my hips. Oh. Um, yeah, and to be honest, at the time, there was three days to go and I had such an adrenaline rush. It really, It wasn't that painful, I felt. It felt like I'd sort of pulled my glute or like something in my hip had just really gone out of whack. Um, and I couldn't, I didn't have much power in my running anymore, but everyone's like, oh, it must have hurt so much. And I'm like, I'm not that superhuman, I promise. I had adrenaline running through me. So um, it didn't, wow. it wasn't so bad in the moment, but yeah, the cool down kind of was painful. <laughs> yeah, I and, imagine it was, yeah. And that put you out of action for quite some time, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I ran for the next two days rather stubbornly, thinking I'd just run down a mountain, and of course I've pulled a glute, and of course something's a bit sore, but that's okay. But yeah, as soon as, as soon as I flew back into the country, which was two days later, I pretty much went straight to my doctor's rooms and was on crutches for the next six weeks, um, and didn't run for the next four months. So yeah, yeah long time. That sucks. Um, did you? Um... And so, because I know there were, I saw lots of, you had to really rehab yourself and you, you seem to have taken your rehab very seriously, which is fantastic. Like, um, how did, like, how did that imp impact your, your mental health? You know, I know when I get injured and most people, you know, people start climbing the walls and getting, you know, it's very easy to, easy to get depressed or, you know, or did, did you just remain focused on the rehab and did that help? Um it always helps. Like, I always know that it's help. It's helpful to just focus on what you can do and not what you can't. Of course, that, like there was some really crappy days there and some major struggles. But at the same time, looking back on the whole process, I did 
every day it was just, okay, what can I do today? And learning to um, celebrate all those little baby steps of uh, today I can swim without a pool boy or today I like can sort of weight bear on two crutches sort of thing. Um, and yeah, just celebrating things that I suppose they used to hurt and all of a sudden they don't. And that was how I sort of kept my head above the water for a little while. Um, it actually yeah. took me, it was a cool process because it took me about, because I was in such a epic training racing mode when it happened, I was in my real competitive go, go, go mindset. And it actually took me about three or four weeks to really settle out of that. So yeah. I was doing so much like proper, I would get up every morning and I'd spend two hours doing stretch and ankle mobilization, like all the stuff that I could do sort of thing. Um, but then sort of down the track, you sort of, I re was relearning and relearning, just take a break. Like your body needs a break, give your mind a break as well sort of thing. Like it's a good chance to give my mind a break from competition yes. and all those sorts of things. Whereas if you don't take the break from the competitive mindset when your body needs it, I know that like that's, I, you're just going to get mental burnout eventually again anyway. And it meant that when I did return to running, oh, I was so ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I really wanted to launch back into, like, training because I felt like I'd been so out of routine for a while. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's like, you, you, yeah, you get the, the real hunger again and that drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it was the hardest part was actually it wasn't necessarily the first time that my doctor told me I had the injury. Because then they always give you the prognosis. They're like, okay, six weeks on crutches, then you'll have two weeks of walking, and then in eight weeks you should be able to run. And so eight weeks is obviously a lot shorter than the four months I took off um, yeah. because essentially like it just kept getting to the point where I go back to the doctor and it turns out, so my fracture went over three. of There's five sacral bones, and my fracture was over three of them. Um, so oh. it wasn't small. <laughs> by any means um yeah. and so it was just not like it it was healing but it wasn't um it took a long time to get the full fracture like all three bones to um heal as much as my doctor wanted it to and then we were struggling well not the situation I was in was that national champs were in September and I think that was six months no wait we haven't in April um, I think, yeah, so that was coming up and that was my next focus was national chance. And um, because it was a weird situation where because I had national champs coming, my doctor actually, my sports doc actually kept me back from running for even longer, um, which is a weird contradiction. Yeah. But it was this thing of his going, I want your bone as strong as possible so that when you start running, you can start running at a higher level sort of thing um, yeah. and not have that because that's one of the hardest things I think many people will know from coming back from injury is kind of that fear in those first few weeks of re-injuring yourself or putting yourself backwards or does this pain mean I shouldn't I should stop sort of thing whereas by the time I came back my body actually felt really strong and no runs ever actually hurt my back um, yeah so it was that was good in a way, but also it meant that, yeah, I didn't start running till I think three weeks before nationals. <laughs> so how did you maintain your aerobic fitness and all that? And, um, you know, and obviously, because, I mean, there are ways you can sort of work around without loading. Did you ride your yeah. bike a lot? I rode my bike a lot when hard. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the first 
The first six weeks, literally all I could do was swim in the pool without kicking with the pool boy between my legs. So I did that for six straight weeks. And I swear by the end, I was like chlorine was absolutely killing me. I was paying like big bucks to go swim in the salt water pool because I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I think, yeah, and there was one session there. I kind of, I always put these things down to mental training as well because that was where my focus then turned for nationals of going, get yourself so mentally prepped for this that it's not funny. So I was doing like seven kilometre swims in 25 metre pools um, just to sort of get keep some fitness. Um, but then as soon as I could, I then, which many runners will dread as well, um, I spent then 12 weeks, um as i suppose towards the end of that um and then up into nationals right up to nationals i spent essentially 12 weeks water running every second day um so i was doing 60 to 90 minutes of water running every second day um and that i tell you what you can get some real good workouts there because i was i was getting out of the pool sometimes and dry heaving on the side because i'd pushed myself a little too hard wow Um, yeah, but, water running's water running when done properly is really full on. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If you take it easy, it's so ridiculously easy that you're like, there's no point me being here. Um, but if you go hard, oh, I like cardio wise, it gets you so fit. And yeah, then and, I and was it makes you sweat. Oh, it does. Really it's like, sweat. Yeah. and then because you're breathing in the chlorine air as well. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's an interesting battle. But then. Around that, I like because I could slowly progress back into gym sort of things, and I had my strength and conditioning coach was really supportive in helping me rehab. So I was also doing that and cycling. Um, as soon as I could cycle, I yeah, I've I always cycle. Like I still cycle now in my training, probably an average of about two hundred k's a week. Um, and so I could as soon as I could do that, I was back up clocking about yeah three hundred three hundred fifty k's on the bike a week as well. And between that and water running. Yeah, it's hard not to say at least cardio fit. Um, yeah. So that Which is when huge. I went back to running, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. But the problem, yeah. the problem you've got then is when you go back to running, like you've got such a cardio engine still on you. And I was finding that neural fatigue almost of you get the load back, and it's not as if your legs don't necessarily have the strength. But as the run started getting a bit longer again, it's almost as if your brain just goes nut. Nope, that's enough. Like nerves are tired and not firing. Um, yeah. Do you, because so do you, sorry. Yeah. No, do no. you find when you get that neural fatigue that it feels like you're trying to tell your legs to run, but they're doing something weird? Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, know that feeling. But yeah, I, so I had that for – you have – I've had that for actually probably – a bit over a month, like well until after nationals, um, probably, yeah, the first like five or six weeks was because I was still very slowly stepping up the mileage um, and 10-minute runs became a thing in my life. <laughs> um, that, yeah, it was – that took a while to get over. Yeah. That was um, that really weird that neuromuscular coordination is so hard to – I mean, something that you've got to always be working on. And I know that yeah. you've got, because you've got a track background, you are probably, and, and I'm, I'm assuming you probably still incorporate lots of drills and things in your, uh, in your training and your warm up, which is something that I, I do now. And I, I love it. Like I have to say, I've ne- when I'm going to do a speed session, I, I feel so much better after I've really worked on 
my doing some um some, you know some high knees some butt kicks a few strides you know yeah. even just something as simple as that and it really just gets the coordination going again and it's um and so I know people who've come back and they're their phys- part of their re- rehab was just doing that, just doing the warm-up and then nothing yeah. else. You know? Yeah, I, was, I did that and in the gym as well. So um, my strength and conditioning coach, Tony, he was incredible in like he'd stimulate the running motion in a lot of my exercises. Like there was even times I'd hang yeah. from a bar and just do the running motion with my legs when I couldn't load them um, yeah. and that sort of thing. And I was also – so my um, – one of my other massage therapists, she also um, suggested from very early on, which I kind of did religiously for a long time there, of when I couldn't even walk, I was lying in bed and just imagining myself running. So just visualizing the act of running. And it's amazing. You can feel your muscles in your legs like twitching just a little bit sort of thing. And it um, just to keep that patterning in your brain going. That's so interesting. Something that's very unconscious because running is the most, one of the most, like running and walking and breathing is something that exists sort of at the back of our brain. It's not a high yeah. functioning activity. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it must be really difficult to, um, I guess it feeds into the mental toughness thing that we were talking about the other day, Ashley. Um, yeah. The other night. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. amazing that you visualize the actual act of running. And so, um, you obviously came back to, um, running pretty well because then, I mean, you probably can fill in some gaps here, but I know that most recently you've um, stepped up and you're now, we can call you an ultra runner now. <laughs> yeah, but, well, officially, yes, I've done a fair few. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, but in a, in, a, in a race environment, you've done an ultra. And um, yeah. you did the, you, were, you t- recently took out the Archie 50 at, um, up there with Oscar's Hut to Hut weekend and all that. Yeah. How, how was that? How was that experience? Um, that was another interesting one because essentially the last four races I've done have been nationals last year where I started running three weeks before and then world champs where I was amazed at how well my body readjusted and it was an incredible experience. But then I had an unfortunate incident on New Year's Eve um, at the end of last year with a stick and I... It wasn't even a running injury. I was in thongs at the beach and I was sort of rushing to get somewhere and kick the stick. And essentially, like, it was, it was got infected really bad. I ended up in hospital on IV antibiotics. And, oh, um, yeah, like, it, in my, it, like, the infection was literally moving halfway up my shin and it was in my big toe. So I started absolutely freaking out. Um, and that was only two weeks before my next race, which was two days. Um, 28 kilometer, which I think, I don't know if I spoke oh, yes. to you about last time. Yeah, yeah so, you did. I see you did yeah, that. That was, I, I, look, I managed to, I, I still don't know how. I managed to win that one, but that week, so I got out of hospital, like I was in hospital the weekend before, and then that week in the lead into two bays, I essentially, um, didn't run. So I, got, I went to see my sports doctor on the Tuesday before two bays race. And he essentially said, the only way you're going to be able to reduce the swelling enough to run on Sunday is if you spend the next three days in bed, not walking. Um, <laughs> so I did that. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. did that. And mind you, I hadn't run at all. Like I, I think in the day from New Year's Eve to the day of two days, which was two weeks, I think I clocked 
20 kilometers and the race was 28 k's. Yep. So I rocked up on the start line and I had to actually like cut the laces out of my shoes because one of my shoe because I still couldn't get a shoe on properly. And that was, yeah, that was insane to be honest. Um, like it was an incredible experience because every step from the get go hurt. But in my thing, the reason like obviously I did that is, um, because I had the reassurance from my doctors at the time that I wasn't making anything worse. Like everything was improving. It was yeah. just going to hurt. And I'm like, look, if it's just going to hurt, that's fine. We're all good. Um, I can <laughs> deal with a bit of pain. Um, that's a good mental challenge for me. Now, lo and behold, so this was two weeks after I'd kicked the stick. Um, yep. Two hours after the race, bits of sticks start coming out of the wounds that were still present in my foot again. Oh. And now for reference, I had had ultrasounds and I had had doctors go in there with scalpels and all sorts to try and get anything that was in there out. And so two days after the race, I had 10 pieces of stick pulled out of my foot, some of which were over a centimetre long. Yeah. I can add to that story in that I stepped on a stick and it went into my leg, yeah. upper leg, and I, I, look, I can look at the scar right now. I had surgery to remove the stick. Yeah. Two and a half years later, I had surgery again to remove more stick. Oh, it's insane, isn't it? Like, cause... it's not. It doesn't show up on X-rays and stuff because it's. Well, yeah, no. So I had X-rays, and it doesn't show up on X-rays. But the second ultrasound, which that must have just been done a little bit better than the first one. Um, yeah, she put the ultrasound on, and this was yeah the day after the race. She just chucks the ultrasound on my foot. She's like, yeah, there's some stick. That one's eleven millimeters. That one's eleven oh. millimeters. I'm like, you're kidding. That's um, incredible. Yeah. Oh, it, I was actually, in a way, like my first reaction was almost like just anger of going, hang on a second. Like I would not have run if I had a known because it was so close. I was just incredibly yeah. lucky, really, that um the stick was about just almost a centimetre back from the joint. So yes. thank goodness none of it entered the joint because that would have been a bit horrible. But, yeah, so I was meant to actually go with Solomon to Tassie on the Tuesday and had to cancel that last minute and had surgery on my foot. Now, the reason I'm talking about that before the Archie is because that was then three weeks before the Archie. Uh, four weeks, sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah. so I went into the Archie, like, it was actually a good thing. I originally, when all that happened, I freaked out and I messaged my coach and I'm like, look, should I pull out of the Archie? Should I, like, should I really be running an ultra in four weeks when my January, cause obviously I couldn't run after the surgery either. So the whole of January, I did not run much at all. Um, and, but my coach was actually quite happy, not happy with the situation, but he, um, just did it was a good thing in a way because he never wanted my first ultra because obviously I've done a lot of ultras. Just I just go out and run that distance in training because I like it. Um, yeah. I'm that way. Um, but um, he didn't want me to have a whole heap of pressure on myself for my first ultra and be going in like expecting massive things because everyone knows anything can go wrong. It's a long way. Um, and so he kind of came back to me and he's like, no, this is good because it means you're just going out there and I just want you to have fun. Go enjoy the mountains. And it doesn't matter how you perform on the day because you know you haven't run much. Um, you haven't trained properly for it. Just go see what happens on the day and have some fun um, and use it as sort of a first experience. So It takes, it takes was, away the failure factor. Exactly, yeah. definitely. And that's like, I don't always like operating under those sorts of things. I quite like having pressure and sort of that, um, 
in a way, I've always got internal motivation to perform. That's not a problem. But having that external motivation to perform can get you over a few of the hurdles along the way in the race or in the lead up to the race that are otherwise a little bit more difficult. Um, but at the same time, I agreed. For my first sort of ultra race bib experience, um, yeah, it was a very good environment because it's such an incredible weekend at Oscars. They do so well there, being a charity event and just such an incredible community. Um, so yeah, it was, Oscars was interesting. I was, I've been a long time since I've been that nervous on the start line, um, because you kind of realize that it's a long way. Um, and, but it felt really good. I had all the usual struggles. I did, um, you guys might know, um, it, what this would feel like. I did a rookie mistake where I had a bottle, um, of, um, just water with like hydrolyte in it on the start line and normally yep. that was in my bag for when I finished because I knew I wouldn't want any more sugary stuff um mm. but I was nervous on the start line and I ended up walking around with it and I drank I reckon about 600 mils like always three quarters of this bottle within about five minutes of starting <laughs> <laughs> yep we know what happened then <laughs> yeah so literally, like going the first K was or two wasn't too bad because we were travelling uphill, but the from like two Ks onwards, from two to sort of twelve K, we we're travelling, we we're running down a thing called Four Mile Spur. So it's a big about a nine K or ten K section that drops about fourteen hundred meters. Um, well, and yeah, I loved massive. it. I was in my element, but at the same time, I was running down and you could hear the fluid in my stomach just bouncing around and sloshing. Oh, and I was like, this was not meant to happen three Ks in. Like, this no. really is not the way up. And because I was you... using my first test for nutrition as well, and I was using Tailwind, um, which I yeah. love and has worked in the past for me, but obviously that's only fluids for nutrition. I had no solid nutrition on me. Um, and so I still had to try and get my fluids down, even though I felt so full of fluid, it was ridiculous. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. Did you, um, so did you end up with a stitch? I mean, well, no, not particularly. I did eventually. So for the, for that first sort of downhill section, it was just that nausea and discomfort from feeling like my stomach was like bouncing into my esophagus almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that feeling. And I felt really bad for the guys around me. Um, Mick Kite from Adelaide, actually, he was, I was running oh, yeah. with him for a while and I was running along with burping every now and again. And I was like, I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was, he was very understanding. It was lovely. Um, but yeah, a lot then of bodily it, functions on the trails are, are, are <laughs> on, but they're acceptable. It doesn't matter what trails. order you're on. There's a lot of bodily functions going on. Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, he was actually really calming in a way because I was like, I was not expecting that to happen this early. And he's like, it's all good. We're fine. Um, yeah. But we got to about 15 k's in and we hit sort of a road section and started moving a bit faster. And that's where I started, like, the, I started to get a real stitch sort of feeling going on. Um, and all, I was actually amazed at how it came good because I stopped, I walked, I just walked for 60 seconds. I was walking along, like rubbing my stomach, like trying to burp stuff out and figure it all out. Um, and then I ran slowly for the next K and then by 20 K stomach came real good. I caught back up on nutrition and that was awesome. Right. Um, super happy with energy. Um, yeah. and then 
yeah, had a really good section with flowy sort of trails and 13 river crossings <laughs> in about 10k. Um, so that was Amazing. just forever in, forever in water. Um, and then as I should have expected and sort of in a way did expect, but was trying to deny the whole time, got to about 33 k's and my legs just went, yeah, you haven't trained for this. We're going to really hurt right now. <laughs> um, and what, what, what actually happened on the day, um, the reason I struggled with that a bit more than I suppose I usually would is because they threw at me a new pain that I've never had before. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever had that during a race where, like, if something comes on, like a pain that you're expecting and that you know, like, your body always hurts in that certain area and you've run through it before, you're a lot more happy to run through it again um, because yeah. if nothing bad yeah. happened last time, it's like, oh, I know this pain. This is just my body. And I've never had hammy pain, like hamstring pain while running. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just never been an issue for me. And both of my hamstring, like, the upright literally pain in the butt, like that high hamstring tendon yeah. area. Um, and I've had so many friends that have had like high hamstring tendinopathy. I know many runners will hear that and shudder. Um, and so I was running along, well, walking along by this point actually, at like 35 Ks and just freaking out that I was hurting my tendons. Um, but at the same time, that was where that was where I had a proper, I don't know if you guys have ever had a trail tantrum, but I had a proper trail tantrum. Um, and found myself just because um, I'd rolled one of my ankles in the river crossings, which really wasn't that bad, but that was her making yeah. downhill running hurt. And then because my hammy started hurting, uphill running hurt. And so yes. I started walking along the trail and I was kind of stomping along going, well, down, can't run downhill, can't run uphill, everything hurts, what am I doing? Um, and then I actually started laughing at myself because I realized I was literally in proper tantrum mode. Um, <laughs> and that actually really helped because I burst out laughing, like proper laughing on the trail. Thankfully, no one was around me. Would have looked like a mad woman. Um, yeah. But um, and then from there, actually, it got it was a really good mental thing because I had to figure out a way to mentally get myself through it and keep pushing. And my brain's reaction at the time, we would have been about three hours, four hours in at this point. Uh, my brain's reaction was to become Dory. Um. Dory, and, just keep swimming. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so for five kilometres, because it was a climb, so the 9K downhill we had, we essentially had a very similar uphill on the other side um, where it was like, I think it only climbed about 800 metres, um, but so it wasn't too steep um, overall, but there were some really steep sections and it was just went on forever. But for five kilometres of that climb, which would have been a good 45, 50 minutes, close to an hour, I was singing out loud, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Um, it's so good. Yeah. It's a so good mantra. It's a, it's, a really, it's a really good mantra, and considering you had so many river crossings, it probably was appropriate. <laughs> yeah, although the river crossings were over by then, and it was actually interesting because I tried to change it to running. I was like, just keep running, just keep – and that didn't work. Like, my brain then yeah. just didn't like it anymore. So, um, you know, I was literally imagining myself as a bluefish swimming up a hill. Um, nice. But, we got there and then um, the, I suppose the kick in the guts at that point was I knew Mick had taken off when I started walking at 15K, um, which he was lovely though and stopped and turned around and asked if I needed help first. And I was like, no way, off you go. Um, but um, 
at the top of that climb, which we would have been close to 40 k's in by that point, I got there was another guy. I hadn't seen anyone for a long time. And there was another guy that passed me, and I was like, that's not the last thing I need right now. Um, yeah. But um, we got we then had like a really nice section of mountain bike trails, and nice. um, yeah, it was really pretty. Um, and I sort of knew some of them, but before we got to the ones I knew, I was on a trail and had I known it was the only trail in the area, I wouldn't have made this mistake. But, um, my watch, which I had the route on my watch, um, linked up and my watch all of a sudden beats up saying I was off route and I hadn't been paying attention for a while, um, to anything around me. I was just trying to put one foot in front of the other. And so I get my phone out and the map that they told me was always accurate. And that also showed my blue dot off the line. Um, So I started absolutely freaking out and almost sprinting back down the switchbacks that I'd just run up. Um, And then I made it like 400 metres back on the trail that I was on, found a trail marker on the trail that I was on and had to turn around and run back up the switchbacks. Um, So... There was an extra, I think I, I clocked it on my app later. There was an extra six minutes and 15 seconds of running that I just didn't need. <laughs> um, it's not much, but, but it feels like a lot at the time, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it's just yeah. because I was already in a lot of pain, already hurting. Although at the same time, I reckon it almost did me a favour because it made me angry. <laughs> and when you, I don't know, when you run angry, nothing hurts anymore. Um, so all yeah. of a sudden my pain wasn't so bad and I was running a bit faster because I was frustrated at myself. I also laughed at myself going, you told yourself you would not get lost on this run. Um, and I didn't necessarily get lost other than thinking I was on the wrong trail when I was on the right one. Um, but yeah, from there yeah. to the finish, it was, it was fun. Like, uh, fun is a very strong word. Um, it was, it was a good experience because. I started to get to see like my mum at the last aid station again, who shout out my parents actually crewed me all day. So that was really cool. Um, Yeah, that was incredible. Um, But then they do this fun thing at this race, which I've been, I swear I've been at way too many races that do this where they make you run like back past the finish line. And then we had to go so past the finish line, back up to the summit, like up to the summit of Mount Buller. And then I'm sure they do that just to kill you. Yeah, right. exactly. So <laughs> you kind of you you're running back into the village in Mount Buller Village and back where you know like you're about a hundred meters from the finish line, but you've still actually got seven and a half k's to go, and that includes going back up, getting to the summit of the mountain and back down. Um, so it was a little bit sadistic in that way, but um, yeah, it was one of those. Yeah. Sorry, the Glass House hundred miler here in southeast Queensland, which is yeah. I don't know if it's the oldest, but it's one of the oldest milers in the country. And okay. um, you go through the start-finish at 100 k's. And Ooh. the dropout rate is massive because of oh, that. Oh, it would be. It would be. That's insane. But that's cool, though. My yeah. first, thankfully, I have a, the, my, I started running at races like that because my first experience of my first marathon, which was years ago now, uh, well, few years ago now, um, five years ago now, was you ran past the finish line at 37K and again at 40K, like within 20 metres of finish. So because the last last 5K was two laps of the lake where the finish line was. So you ran towards the finish but then got turned off and then ran back past the finish again and the third time you got to go through it. So So frustrating. Exactly. So I was kind of used to it. 
Yeah, the Sydney Marathon used to do something a bit similar to that. I don't know if it still does it, but because the Sydney Marathon was my first, and you, I remember running. You run to the um, it finishes at the Opera House, and you run down yeah. into Circular Quay, and you're at Circular Quay at about the 32k mark, and then you had to yeah. you used to have to run out along like I think it's some yeah. expressway that goes for you know so out and back for so 5k out 5k back. And so next to 10Ks, 10Ks to go when you're at the 32K mark, your legs are concrete, and uh, (laughs) it's hard. But it is, I mean, like... But at the same time, I like it. so weird. It would be worse if they made you run further. If they made you run further when you got to the finish line, if, like, 42 kilometres, and they were like, surprise, there's an extra 10Ks, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's a race like that in Europe. Yeah, there is. There's a few races, yeah. They don't tell you the finish. And they just, yeah. they, I think they give you 15 minutes notice or something and say so the yeah. race will finish in 15 minutes. So you yeah. just go. Yeah. There's also, there's also other races where you rock up and you find out the distance on the start line and it could be anywhere yes. from 100 metres to 100 miles. Those things are fun. Wow. Yeah, um, so yeah. But I like those sorts that. of things. Like anything, yeah. anything like even on the day of the Archie and like running back past the so I'm like, oh, you can, if you frame it right in your own mind and you prepare for it properly and you can almost try to use it as your advantage because you know that that's going to get to some people if they haven't prepared oh, for yeah. it. Yeah, and so if you, if you prepare for it and you go, you know what, this is coming, bring it on. Like there's my mental challenge and there's my little leg up for myself. If you, I suppose, cause I've always viewed myself, um, and I've always had feedback of the sort of thing that uh, I'm not so much the talented running comes naturally sort of thing, but I'll grit out almost anything and I have a high tolerance for monotony um, is sort of the talent that comes there. But therefore, like, it can find that those really tough races, like, it levels the playing field a lot more when the more mental it is, physically at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um- so you've got, and I mean, I agree, like I try and look at ultras as just a, it's an adventure it, it, or yeah. more than it's in a race, you know, it's like, um, especially if it's, you know, and I mean, 50 kilometers is an ultra, 100 kilometers, you know, like it's just a day out running and, yeah. and seeing, and if you can relax into it, you're more able just to let your your body just do what it does, you know, I think. Yeah, you, exactly. You can't, and then if you if your body's feeling it, you can go hard. Especially yeah. but you do. You have to relax into it, eh? So um Well that's why that's why during races, all of my tactics like in training, almost all my tactics are trying to concentrate on what I'm doing and trying to push that bit harder and that sort of thing because it's training. But in racing I do almost anything I can to get out of my own head and out of the situation I'm in because you, that's the way you get in your own way. Like you yeah. can really get in your own way with anxiety and pressures on race day. And so anything you can do to get out of your own way, get out of your own head, get out of the situation and just let your body, because you do all the hard work in training. That's where it should be harder. And then on the day, it's about letting your body actually do what you've built it up to do. And that's where the mental side will, will is what's going to stop you. Not the, If you've done the training, it's the mental side that's going to stop you. So it's the mental side you've got to work on on the day. And I know for me, that involves trying to get out of the situation and just, become Dory or become Pac-Man or <laughs> literally just become another thing that can't hurt as much as I'm hurting right now. Yeah. Um, so now that you've done, you've, you, you're officially an ultra runner, do you have plans of going bigger and going, you know, going further or, or, or continuing to master the distance? 
Um, look, I've, I've, I went to my coach years ago as a little, little thing dreaming of like 100 kilometer races. Um, so I have always, my long term view ever since I first started running has always been aimed at building myself up to be the best ultra distance runner I can be. Um, but that being said, this was sort of my first little taster. Um, oh, first little, look, I've run the distance in training. So this was my first little race taster of a ultra, but, um, that's like, I'm still going to do it very slowly. So my next, I think if the rest of this year, I may do possibly one more 50 as a relay. Um, but other than that, it's all going to be 10k to max 30k, um, races. Okay still this year um and then yeah so i look as everyone was saying on the finish line they're like oh come back next year and do the 100 and i'm like look give me probably another two to three years i'm working on like a 10-year plan here um yeah so like obviously i i honestly think that my like my unique makeup um and what where my strengths lie will be more in the distance um but i also know and i've had all the evidence given to me by my coach who taught taught me the value of the shorter distances and going faster, that the better and faster I can run the shorter distances, the better and faster I'll run the longer stuff. Um, And because I still haven't been in the sport or running in my life for that long at all, I still, there's plenty of days I still feel like, I don't know, a little teenager going through like puberty in a way of running, like just trying to grow into my running body and stride and figure it all out. still in many ways many things feel new so while that's all still going on and I'm trying to in a way develop foundations I'll definitely be keeping it still short um going for longevity rather than yeah yeah, going for longevity rather than having a big being a boom and buster um I want to build up (laughs) I want to build up strong too many people do rush into the big distances you know Um, yeah and so I think it is if you just like you run run your own race and and yeah. as in and you're and 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 I'm referring to your racing career your running career because it's like you know you don't want to burn yourself out and look you've got I think you've only got a short when you're younger you've got a short window where you can run fast you know like yeah. those high the shorter high end stuff but like yeah. as you get older you'll be able to carry that speed and I think I see where your coach is coming from um carry that some of that sort of that, or you carry that fitness into the ultras, and you obviously will grow yeah. as an athlete too. But I can certainly see you being a um, a fairly decent ultra runner when you get um, when you do finally do it. But I think this is a smart way to do it, you know. So, um, like I say, yeah, like, and it, it'll mean more. It'll mean more the longer I wait too. So, yeah, yeah. Or you never have to run longer. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I have. Oh I have yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your question, us? I have, I've, I think I've got three questions about the race yep. in particular. Um, yeah. First one is uh, when you started to get the hamstring, did you end up digging your fingers into your, into your leg or into the bottom of your butt so you could keep travelling at speed? <laughs> or how no, actually, I didn't. I because of how I approached the race and because I really was like that was part of the tantrum, me realising the tantrum was a stupid thing because I was like, I'm meant to be out here just having fun. Like my coach told me not to compete today, so why am I putting, like, why put myself through pain or possibly injure myself? It was sort of that thing of I did not come here to get injured. So from then on, I literally just hiked every uphill. Um, right. I didn't I didn't run any uphills at all from there. Um, 
and then um, I was, yeah, essentially I got into that rhythm of hike the ups, run the flats, run the downs, um, and just it, it got to that pay, point where it was painful, but the pain just got to that level and never got worse. Um, yeah. And thankfully, since then, I've actually figured out, um, I saw my sports doc two days later, and he figured out that my hamstrings weren't the problem at all. So my tendon, my hamstrings, they're all fine. It's an old back problem that um, I've had because I've had sciatica and stuff before. Um, oh, yeah. So it was just a new a new presentation of my referral pain because essentially my glutes had given up and therefore overloaded my back and my back was referring down to my hamstrings. So it wasn't too bad in the end. But, yeah, I actually didn't try and necessarily overcome it. I kind of just succumbed to it and went, okay, it's my hand for the day. Let's just keep moving forward and get to the end. Yeah. Excellent. And in that, in that road section where you were still having uh, stomach trouble. Yep. You started walking. Do you reckon yeah. that was you let your body cool down a bit, and that's why your stomach stopped hurting? If you yeah, because by that point, by that point, we were in the valley, so it was very hot. Because it, it was also very humid on the day, um, so it was yeah. very hot, very humid. Um, and yeah, so part of it was that yes, I cooled down because we'd also by that point crossed one river. It was just after the first river crossing, um, so I was a little bit wet. Um, I stopped. I walked. And because I've, I've had stomach issues, like I've had so many, I've had stomach surgery back three, four years ago. Um, I've had all sorts of things go wrong with my digestive system, unfortunately. Yep. Um, but, um, so I know that when things like that happen, if I literally just try and get some of the gas out, which I just burp, that's what my thing, my body always manages to do. Um, so yeah, I just walked and burped a few times and that fixed it like almost immediately which is kind of, not immediately like over the next couple of k's i still had to take it a little bit slower than i otherwise would have on the section we we're on but um overall yeah it was that came pretty good just yeah. from yeah stopping walking taking the time yeah. not getting overwhelmed because i knew the more anxious i got the worse it would become yeah yeah no, I, I see that quite a bit in in races where they've just people have just gone hard and they get stomach upset and it's just because the body's can't dissipate the heat fast yeah. enough. So well, yeah, and for me, it was also the yeah. bloody, yeah, uh, I'd put too much in there. Too much <laughs> so, in there. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly all. right. Yeah. And then the, yeah. the final question was, did you hit the storm or did you, did Archie miss it? So Archie missed it because, um, so although our, so our course actually got amended, like changed the night before the race because um, the night before was when the massive storms and the lightning and everything hit, and they actually had to stop the 100K race. Um, they had to go under lightning protocol, so everyone was taken, like, got stopped on course sort of thing. Of course, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so at the next day station, they just got held there, because they all got to finish and continue, but they all got held at whatever the next day station was. Um, yep. So that happened the night before, and because then that made – that downhill spur, which is called four mile spur, which is a very rocky ridge line sort of thing where like there's a couple of sections where you're proper sort of rock climbing with pretty steep drop offs and there's some been some um pretty decent helicopter evacuations and stuff out of that area. Um the race directors um were actually incredible and in the way they handled it because they all they did was the we were meant to start by going from the start line in Buller Village up to the summit and then down to four mile spur. Um, but instead they just rooted us. They took out about, would have been about 1.5, a bit, 1.5 to 2k overall, um, by not sending us all the way up to the summit and letting us go down four mile spur sooner 
which meant that then the first cutoff, which was at the bottom of four mile spur, was a bit more lenient. So people had more time to safely get down the spur because it was now slippery and wet. Um, so that was the change that they made. Um, and it was due to storm still. It was always looking like it was a bit threatening for a little bit, um, uh, for a couple of times overnight. Um, but then on the day, it was actually just hot and humid and a bit disgusting on that front, actually. Um, it was that stormy air, but with no storm. So. But with no storm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's worse. You know yeah. a bit about that, don't you, Ashley, with being in Queensland? Oh. <laughs> The build, all, the build up, so just that, yeah. you know, the build up in the afternoon, you think, just rain for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, they'd had that all the day before too. The day before was similar and then the storm hit at night. Um, and I really felt for all the people that were out there, of course. But thankfully, yeah, we were, we were spared. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a, um, crazy course to do for your first ultra too so <laughs> you, you, yeah. uh, you should try doing something a bit flatter that you can uh, go hard on and see Possibly. how you go there. although with how, with how little running I've done I don't think that would have gone well at all yeah. because then I would have yeah. then I would have really had to deal with that sort of neural fatigue of the repetitive motion um because yeah, exactly. there was not much there was not much it was overall a fairly runnable course and I really think people could go like I really think I could name them fair few women that could go a lot faster than I did and um, I would hope with some training I would go a lot faster on that course too because it was a beautiful course but there's a lot of really nice runnable sections um, and then just a couple of gnarly one gnarly downhill and gnarly uphill um, yeah. but overall it was really my kind of course I loved it because of that thing where like it had those brutal sections that were really tough and also the downhill that I just I love downhills they're fun Um and, you should go but and then do, the um, go, go to Buffalo. You should go to Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, that's the annoying thing. I'm actually, so I'm actually technically signed up for Buffalo, but I think I'm actually now giving it a miss um, again, which happened last year as well. Um, so I'll yeah. get there one day. Um, but, yeah, so it turns out Buffalo this year, I've just found out it's on the same weekend as um, – Uni Nationals, and although I have skipped track this season because I know you said before I have a track background, I really don't have much of a track background. I've just got a, a like I like it for testing myself a little bit. Um, but it, um, but yeah, so I get a lot of support from my uni for what I do, and especially in my strength and conditioning. And I really love the community we've got there. And so um, I think I'm going to opt to go with the team up to Uni Nationals on the track and do my two and only track races for the entire season at uni nationals um instead of instead of buffalo because unfortunately on the same weekend and ideally i'd be able to do both but um yeah one of them the um i've i've been meaning to go to uni nationals for the last two years to try and give back and contribute some points towards uni um but yeah yeah were you signed up for the um, the ultra at Buffalo or the, no, the marathon? No, 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 the 20, the 20. Oh, the, <laughs> Not the, even the, the marathon, the, the 20. No, fair enough. There's, I mean, there's a, they're both, they're all amazingly hard courses. And I just thought, yeah. such, you enjoy downhill. Like it's it's like some yeah. seriously steep downhill, you know. Like, yeah, marathon. Um, that, that marathon I would probably love because <laughs> it's a net downhill marathon. Um yeah, yeah so, you run down oh, Buffalo, which is super runnable, you know, like yeah, exactly. So, mm, yeah. yeah, now that so and Uni National. So, what are you going to do? Um, what event did you say you're going to do? The 
Um, well, the, yeah, um, the timetable hasn't been um, let out yet, but I hopefully I'll be able to do both the 3,000 steeplechase and the 5K. Um, so, yeah, I'm, hopefully I'm hoping there's like a day gap between the two so that I can do both, um, which would be ideal. So, yeah, but yeah. that'll be, yeah, interesting because I'm currently still, like I'm very much in mountain training. Um, yeah. pretty much solely at the moment and I skipped all the track seasons so as much as I still get on the track for a session every week um, I kind of purposely do that the day after my mountain hilly long run because it's my practice for trying to run fast on beat up legs um, yeah it's really good um, can I ask again I don't like to talk too much about times but what sort of uh, times are competitive at uni nationals for 5k ah oh, good question um, I think I would, I, I, I would not be, I, me winning a 5k would be once in a blue moon and, um, and not that fast. But, um, I think, oh, I was looking up the results from last year and I think it was sort of low 17 minutes for the women, one maybe, um, or 17 and a half. There's, so every now and again, it depends who, depends who rocks up because every now and again you get someone that's like an Olympian pretty much or, um, yeah. on the track sort of thing they can come and they can blitz everyone um but i think when i looked at my pb which is 1755 would have put me sort of top three to five last year i believe i don't okay. quote me on that um so and then in the steeple um yeah i think i think i'm a, i probably if i can run um sort of in my first steeple of non-steeple season um if i can run close to anywhere close to my pb i'd be probably a bit more competitive in the steeple um depending on who comes yeah, yeah. It, it's um it's pretty definitely uh i think i'd be lapped at least once or twice maybe, maybe oh, i go there <laughs> i go there expecting that every time because i'm 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 not i'm well aware i'm not it's not my forte flat running even with a few jumps in it um so yeah i kind of always I don't necessarily expect to be lapped, but sometimes, yes, my aim is just don't get lapped in this race just and don't come last. Yeah. Um, but I like that because it adds that, like, I, I like anywhere I can go where I'm pushed to the line because I've got someone right in front of me and right behind me, absolutely hand in my ass to me, and I'm really struggling. And I get that humble feeling of going, you know what, I've still got a lot of work to do. Um, yeah, I like that. Like, it's it's... You can let it get you down, but if you just go, you know what, if they can do it, then somehow, some, you're like, get, with a bit more training, surely so can I, just work hard. Yeah. It's, um, it's good to put yourself in a, in the discomfort zone too, you know, being, oh, yeah. being somewhere. Yeah, it's awesome. I, there was a, there was a 5k track comp, there was a night here that, um, some in Adelaide, and, uh, they have a, there was the SA, it was an all comers, it was like everyone was invited to to run. It wasn't like a it wasn't a club thing, and you could go out and just try and get a PB. And I was yeah. I was so close to going down and competing. And they, and they, and all the um the thing is it was all uh, what's the grouped according to your approximate times. So I thought oh, I could go all right at that and not maybe not come last in my <laughs> you know like and so but um yeah I I chickened out at the last minute run a, go and run a five k PB on the track. Because I haven't, I haven't tried to smash a 5K in a long time. Um, have you, Ash? When was the last no. time you tried to smash out 5Ks? 
a long, long time. I've been adding 5Ks in at the end of marathons just for, yeah, you know, to push it a bit. But that's because I'm trying to increase speed elsewhere, not uh, the tired legs thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, a flat-out 5K, no, no, not, no. not further. <laughs> they're, 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 they're brutal. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's intimidating. It's just it. Yeah. At least yeah. in an ultra, I can stop and walk. Can't do that in a flat-out yeah. 5K. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, yeah, I've had some – like, that's the thing, though. I love – so I love the rhythm of running, and that's why I like the track as well. But, um, yeah, I've had some 5Ks that just feel incredible, and they're like you finish with such that runner's high, and then I've had one of my worst races ever, which happened to be its freaking state champs, of course, always the most high-stakes one, where if you die on the track, it's a very slow death, and everyone can see it, and you're running laps around yeah. people getting that pity getting that pity clap every time you go around. You can do it. Keep it up. And you're yes. just like, yep, no, nah, my legs are gone, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, not, you're not quite dead yet. Keep going. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like I'm, I'll get to the finish, just let everyone else go past me and I'll slowly meander my way there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always feel really bad for the people who get, like, lapped at the Olympic Games because people think, look at them as though they're real slow. But, you know, they're probably yeah, – like the, the Olympic way. men, in the, they're still running – like, so, you know, the, the winning time might be, like, 13 minutes or something for the 5K in the Olympic yeah. – and they're, they're – the guys that come last are probably still doing close to 14 minutes. You know, oh, yeah, they're, I know. And they're, but they look slow comparatively because they're getting lapped. You know? Yeah, so I know. Just, I, was yeah. At the, I was at the National 5K recently at Melbourne Track Classic, and oh, it's like you just stand track side and you just look at them and you're like, this is absolutely incredible. Like, the way, the pace that they can run, the way that especially the top runners like Drew McSween and Jess Hull can just make everyone look like they're jogging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's something else, and then to go up into that neck, that final gear to kick it down oh. on the home straight at the end. That's yeah, so impressive. you well, no, you might not. Have, you probably wouldn't have seen. So the national five k essentially it turned into a sort of a two k where um, the first three k were actually really slow, um, and so well, not really slow by anyone else's standards, but for that race, the first three k were slower than um, most of the guys could run. And then Stuart McSween, who ended up winning, and then there was Sam McEntee, I think, who was stuck with him. Um, all of a sudden, 2K to go just absolutely dropped the hammer. And I think he ran the last 2K in five minutes, <laughs> um, just over five minutes, 5.03 or something. And yeah. so it was like all of a sudden they went from looking like they were jogging and they just took off. And by the end, they were almost lapping people. Wow. Um, but they put in like a hundred meter gap in almost a lap. Like it was insane. <laughs> so tactical, tactical. And, and this yeah. is what I love about watching track. I know this is a, a trail running podcast. Yeah. But I, I'm a real, I'm a track nerd. I love watching track races. I love, I used to do it when I was a kid. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, either of you before, but, um, and I, I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'll say it again. And the, the best, race I've ever seen on the track ever is Andrew Lloyd um, at the Commonwealth Games in 1992 and it was in Auckland have you either of you seen that race no going, no no oh I almost I, 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 I might have but I don't recall get, it, so. so it had it had like the world champion the current world champion was in the race I think the Olympic champion was in the race so, he fell early on the Olympic champion I think it was, um, and 
he was, but then managed to come back and get right out in front. And with with three laps to go, this guy was out in front by um, a good fifty meters. And Andrew Lloyd was sitting way back in the in the back of the second pack, just hanging back. And 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 then um, and the commentary is amazing because Steve Monaghetti's doing the commentary. Oh, and, nice! He's and, a good commentator. Yeah, and it was it was hilarious because it's the greatest finish I've ever seen. Lloydy just, um, they, they just started, the, these few guys just started swallowing this guy up and he run, he ran out of steam. And with, with, um, with less than a lap to go, with a lap to go, Lloydy was in sixth place and he was still 50 metres off the pace. And then um, it wasn't until 200 metres to go, him and a couple of guys went for it. And then yeah. Lloydy came out of nowhere. No one, he wasn't the favourite, he wasn't predicted. And he just blitzed it, and he um he finished yeah. so fast. It was, I mean, I'm seriously every. Sometimes I need to get a little bit of a um a bit jacked up before I go out for a run. You know, I need to get yeah yeah so yeah. I'll, I'll I'll whack on that YouTube video of Andrew Lloyd no. finishing that race, and it's I highly recommend you do it. Um, yeah, and watch the finish. It's just so exciting. Even though I've spoiled it for you, it's because no, every no. time I watch okay. it, every. Every single time, I'm like, surely he can't come from behind. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I love that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, so that, is, that is one thing you don't often get on sort of the trails of the ultras because obviously there could be like mm. half an hour to an hour gap between finishes and that sort of yeah. thing. Like, but a proper that's a, sprint one of the big differences. Yeah, proper sprint finishes are rare, are a lot more yeah. rare. The course sorts people out a bit better. <laughs> it does. If it, if you finish within two minutes of someone, it's um, it's considered close. a close finish. Well, yeah, because bloody at the Archie actually, because you know how I told you I got lost for like a bit over six minutes, which to be fair, yes. it made me run faster. So he probably would have finished ahead of me anyway. But that yeah. guy that ended up past me at the top of the hill, he finished five yeah. minutes ahead of me. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's my lesson for the time. Just yeah. make sure you pay attention. Pay attention. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, that's awesome. We probably should uh, wrap things up here because we've been having an awesome chat, but we've all <laughs> probably got to move on with our day and um, and get some things done. Yeah. Um, any any f- final questions for Simone there, Ashley? Um, no, I will... The final question that I have is probably a long one to answer, so... I have the time um, if you I'll guys say, have the time, so... All right, ask away, Ash. Go on, we'll, 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 go, we'll go a bit longer. If you, you know, we don't want to cut... You've left this hanging now. We want to know. <laughs> ask the question. Right, so right? on, your, on your website, yep. you say that you want to change nutrition from its current convention model to a different one. What what do you want to see change? Um, you mean you, do I say, do I say nutrition or do I say sort of medicine as a whole? Uh, did you want me to read you the line? Yeah, read me the line. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, writing. I'm hoping to create a pathway into research how we can improve health through the natural means of nutrition and movement rather than the current convention model we follow. Yes. Yes. So the convention model we follow, what I'm talking about there, is essentially the idea that you rock up to a doctor's, you tell them a problem, and they hand you a pill. Um, 
And because I know I've had that happen to me a lot. Um, and I'm not saying that there's not a place for that at all. Um, I'm more saying that why would that be the first option when um, the problem that I see in um, many ways is like you can go to a GP and they have like through no fault of their own, this is just the way the system's set up, um, they have very minimal nutrition and exercise training and they don't necessarily on, know. <laughs> no, actually, tr nutrition, I think they usually get about 12 hours is what I've seen in research um, of actual yeah, it's, it's, they, proper. They, they do, I think they do 12 hours over an entire semester. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, in so five much. five years. Yeah, exactly. And so it's that, it's this whole thing where like I've seen, you see, I've seen so many people go into a doctor's and it's like they've got a high blood pressure, so they get put on high blood pressure medication when you kind of go, okay, give me a month. And, and unless it's like obviously life-threateningly high, but if it's just mildly high, give me a month, give, get them on sort of more active, have a look at what they're eating every day and see if you can change the foundations of that and just fix the problem rather than band-aid the problem while they're, like it's like you're adding water and gasoline to a fire at the same time. So I don't see the point necessarily. Um, whereas in my mind, I would love to, like because I'm studying medicine, and I would love to go down the route of if I ever go into practice um, or research, but go down the route of um, proving and putting into sort of the system that we have in place the idea that treat with exercise and treat with nutrition first and treat with the natural foundations of human health first before you then step it into medications and things that you because you can ask you then ask how long am I meant to take this for and it's like well the rest of your life you're going to become reliant on it and whereas if you just make a few habitual changes in your day and people think that 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 that's in a way harder than it really is when you actually break it down into the little steps um, so I'd love to sort of help people do that because that's what I've eventually managed to do for myself after being reliant on medications for years. Um, I was when I was a 21 year old, and I think I, we counted at one point, and I was taking 24 pills a day just to get through the day, and they were both for both physical and mental illness. And now I take none, um, whereas I was told that I'd need to be on some of them for the rest of my life. And but I like, and it, I felt cheated when I first found out the information of that there was another way to go about things, I suppose. And that is why, in a way, I just want to educate, be able to educate more and more people to then make their own informed choices rather than be at the whim of people who I, like, I've never met a doctor that doesn't have good intentions, thankfully, myself. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't, they they can't help what they don't know. Um, and so it's, just educating the more people that themselves are educated before they seek help, the more they can then make informed decisions and actually have the whole view of the situation rather than thinking, okay, I've got this problem. I have to take this pill or I have to do this certain thing or I have to have this surgery in order to fix it. There's no other way. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very thorough answer. I, I, I think, I, yeah, I was talking to Daniel before we, we jumped on. And yep. um, I, I, I agree with what you've just said. Um, yeah. I think yeah, places for pills, suppose, don't get me wrong, but I think nutrition yeah, is yeah. really important. And I think yeah. exercise is really important, and we wouldn't be chatting here if I didn't think those things. Yeah, exactly. But um, as I said to Daniel, I said, I can't 
see any other way of fixing that other than having to go into politics. Yeah, oh, toot. I know. Tell me about it. But it was one of those things where, because I, I started nursing and, um, like, I've got my diploma of nursing and I've, like, I'm a registered nurse, but at the same, uh, registered as an enrolled nurse. Um, but I was getting really frustrated, um, because I'd be in the hospital and I'd be dishing out pills, like high blood pressure medication or statins to, um, people that were then eating bacon and eggs for breakfast and meat pie for lunch and a bag of chips for dinner. And yeah. meanwhile, I'm dishing the medications all day and I'm just like, oh, this doesn't make sense. And then there were so many things in, I suppose, the system where you'd ask, because I was a little student at the time as well. And so I'd be walking around and I'm, I suppose I have a very curious mind and I do the same in my training or everything I do where someone will tell me to do something and not out of spice or anything like that. I just like learning. And also I'll ask, okay, why am I doing it this way? Or why am I doing this? What's the point? What's the purpose? And the yeah. amount of times I heard, well, that's because that's the way we do it or because that's the way it's always been done. And I just kind of look back and I go, you know, that's not a good reason. Like, just because everyone else does it this way doesn't mean it's the right way. I want to, like, I like the evidence that I'm doing things right rather than I'm doing things the same as everyone else. So, We yeah. had exactly that discussion last night on our roundtable, didn't we, Daniel? Yes, Where we did. If you can't explain why you're doing it, why are you doing it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and you can't really, as a little, as a especially a little student nurse, and you ask a doctor why you're doing something, and they say because that's the way we do it. You can't really talk back and say, well, that's not a good yeah. reason, doc. Um, yeah. So that was where, in my mind, I was just like, oh, I'm not going to cope very well in this sort of environment, um, and well for my own mental health, but more because I'm like, oh, if you don't, if you don't like something, then why join the system and become part of the problem when if there's a path to sort of tr at least trying to change something um, or trying to create a little bit of a, a momentum for change um, instead of joining in. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, good excellent. to have an, I'm, an inquiry. I'm behind mind. you 100%. Mm. Sorry. What yeah, you thank you. Oh, I was just saying, it's so you've got to have an inquiring mind and you've got to keep that inquiring mind throughout your life and because... You know, it's just, yeah, can't just accept the norm sometimes. You, yeah. you, need, to, you yeah. need to know. I, I like to know why. And Yeah, and, and sometimes the norm is the norm for a good reason. And then people yeah. will usually be able to tell you, we do it this way. It's always been done this way because we have this evidence. And yes. I'm like, yep, yeah, cool, yeah. easy done, off we go. Yeah. But in other situations, I'm just like, ugh, where's the evidence? Like, especially, yeah. and when evidence changes, sometimes people really have that struggle of sucking in the ego and going, no, you know what? We used to have this evidence and think it was right, but really, uh, we found a different way. This different way is better. Time to change. Um, yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, Fantastic. That's, that's one of the advantages and disadvantages of science. Oh, um, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's so much out there. <laughs> yeah. We uh we best leave it there and. Um, yeah. Best of luck with your training this year and your racing and um and Thank your you. study. Study and work and all and balance and finding uh, that balancing act. Um, yeah. And so your next, your next race is that the nationals, the uni, uni No, nationals. actually, no, actually, my next race is at Warburton Trail Festival, the Donna Double. Oh, that's um, a fun one. So, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, up and down Mount Donna Buang, um, which is yeah. actually the fun part of that is that um, two years ago, so I've only been doing this for two years, which feels a bit yeah. weird still. Um, two years ago, that was my first mountain race. Um, yeah. that was my first time on a trail, on a proper trail. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, two years later, I'm going back to where it all began. That's awesome. And it's a fun one, isn't it? That's just one big party. Um, oh, Warburton Trail Fest is one of the best weekends you could ever attend on the trails. Yeah. Like, it is so good. And, yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Um, I think, yeah, last year I didn't do the Donna Double because – I had track races and I was in the middle of track season, but this year, yeah, I'm not doing track season. So it's uh, done a double all the way. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, fantastic. Well, um, I, um, we'll, en- we'll end it there, shall we, Ashley? We will. I, I have one more thing uh, and then I'll promise yep. I'm finished. Where can, <laughs> people, where can people follow you on social media? Ah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so my – oh, geez, what's my hashtag now? I think my oh, – not my hashtag, my – um, so my Instagram is the flat, my handle, that one. I see, I'm totally so good with all this tech stuff. Um, so my handle is the flying brick underscore. Um, and then from there you can find all the links for everything else. My Insta, um, sorry, my Facebook, I do have a, um, athlete Facebook at Simone Brick. And then I have a, um, website called stillwerise.com.au and there you'll find my race reviews um a couple of recipes you'll find poems and you'll find my blogs when i manage to fit them in at some point <laughs> less frequently than i like but at the same time i try <laughs> you've got one of the most um enviable uh, instagram pages i've ever seen i have to say <laughs> you, you you certainly take some good photos you're like they it's like classic instagram in in the sense that you know like every photo i'm like i want to go there i want to go there i want to go there <laughs> you know so yeah uh, well keep enjoying I try, to, I try to show the reality of life along the way at some point too so yeah, yeah. I prom- they're uh, you, not all like you certainly yeah. do actually yeah and that's been it's really admirable the way you've um been very open about some of your struggles and, and everything and i think it, it has helped a lot of people and i know you've got a lot of uh, a lot of fans for that for for being you might not see it as brave but it is brave and um yeah and so just keep kicking ass on the trails and and uh and having, having fun with it yeah thank you <laughs> thank you